This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Hey, everybody. I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News, episode 339. On now you know. So we pretty much covered this last week, but now it's been officially announced. Tesla has opened the supercharger network in North America to non-Teslas with the inclusion of Magic Dock, the built-in supercharger adapter. According to the mobile app, there are 10 superchargers currently open for non-Teslas, eight in New York and two in California. So non-Tesla owners can either pay a membership fee of $12.99 a month to pay the same rates as Tesla owners, or you can be charged an extra 10 cents per kilowatt hour roughly if you don't want to pay that membership fee. Now, we've talked a lot about how Tesla's supercharger network is their moat. If that's true, didn't Tesla just kind of screw themselves? Well, I actually just wrote a whole in-depth that's coming out this Friday about that very question. I don't think you're going to want to miss it. So subscribe and hit the bell there for notifications. Or you could put a notification in your calendar to remind you on Friday to search for Now You Know channel on YouTube, or you could hit the subscribe button. It's up to you. Tesla's head of global charging infrastructure, Rebecca Tanucci, who presented during Investor Day, showed this slide at the end of her presentation. And you, Jesse, were like... What the f is that? What the f is that? <laughs> well, as Joe Barletta from Smart Charge America pointed out, Rebecca Tanucci used to be the former CEO and co-founder of Eviatran, which was acquired by Plugless back in late 2020. Okay, so it's an induction wireless charger. So could this be the Project Garfield that we've been hearing little wisps of? Yeah, so I want to talk about how useful this could be, especially if Tesla could make it work outdoors in urban areas because being able to charge at home is a huge part of daily EV ownership. But for many people in cities, they can't charge at home right now. So basically what you're saying is that wireless charging, even low powered wireless charging, if it was kind of embedded in the street and you didn't have to you know, have a plug going across uh, a sidewalk, that could help people charge their EVs in urban places. Yeah, I mean, I want to stress the low power part. Like right now, everyone's like, you know, I want to be able to pump 20 kilowatts into my car. You don't need to. If it's mm -hmm. going to be there for hours, you can have very low, like three kilowatts um, because time times kilowatts. My thing, though, is, is Tesla going to shoot for this or are they going to shoot for this kind of garage style? You know, no, they're going to shoot for the fancy schmancy. I installed this in my garage. It was nice and easy. As you can see from this picture here, that's what I think they're going to be doing. I, I'm assuming it's going to be like you 3M tape it to the floor. You have it in your garage. So this isn't really going to, I, I think, improve the the lives of the urban people um, mm. who, you know, charging has been an issue for. I just hope that some company like Trojan Energy, and by the way, go check that out on Disruptive Investing. We, we interviewed Ian McKenzie, who's their CEO and founder. If they could do something like this that was meant for outdoors in urban environments, um, then we kind of solve the whole urban charging problem. 
Right. Or if you believe like you believe um, that uh, all cars are going to be autonomous in the future, then maybe it doesn't matter so much. They can all drive to the monolithic charging building. <laughs> so as we predicted, Elon announced at Investor Day that there will be a Giga Mexico. So according to Mexican Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Tesla's newest gigafactory will create between five and six thousand jobs in the state of Nuevo Leon and will attract up to five billion dollars in investment in the region. As part of the deal, Tesla has agreed to help Nuevo Leon with its water scarcity issue. So now we don't know when Tesla will break ground on construction of Giga Mexico. But according to Tom Zhu, who still has the title, by the way, of Tesla's VP for Greater China, but it's obvious that he's in charge of way more, including Gigafactory construction. According to Zhu, Giga Mexico will be built in nine months, which would beat Giga Shanghai's record of nine and a half months. So get your stopwatches calibrated and ready. And a look at manufacturing wages in China on the left in this chart versus Mexico on the right. You can see that Giga Mexico could be offering wages that are 40% cheaper than Giga Shanghai. And that's 83% cheaper than the U.S. Because I was looking this up. The average monthly wage in Mexico is $480. In China, it's $840. And in the U.S., the average monthly wage for this type of work is $2,926. Wow. Matthew Donegan Ryan was one of 50 Tesla retail shareholders that got to attend Investor Day. He spoke with Tom Zhu and found out that Giga Mexico could break ground before the end of this year. Also, Zhu told him that paint is expensive when asked if the next gen vehicle will be stainless steel like the Cybertruck. So a little. <laughs> and according to Matthew, Giga Mexico will be built simultaneously with another Giga factory. So we should stay tuned for another location announcement. My guess is Canada. Anyway, a great tweet thread from Matthew. Thank you for that. And Matthew is convinced that Tom Zhu will be Tesla's next CEO. Yeah. What do you think? Let us know in the comments below. And that is our Patreon poll question of the week. This next story is about Tesla cutting prices on the Model X and the Model S. And it comes from our friends at Ground News who sponsor today's show. Yeah, we can't do this show without the help of our sponsors. And Ground News not only helps us financially, but they provide a service that we use every week. We often say, do your own research or check it out for yourself. When it comes to making informed decisions, reputable sources are so important. This is why we're excited to tell you about Ground News. So Ground News is a nonpartisan news aggregator app and website that lets you see how breaking news is covered across the political spectrum. They gather news from 50,000 sources from around the world so you can stay informed on issues being covered by the media, compare coverage, and know where your news is coming from. For every story, you get a quick visual breakdown of which news outlets are covering it, their political bias, how factual their reporting practices are, and what type of entity owns them. Checking in on topics is simple. We searched news about Tesla. Then I clicked on this article here, and right away I can see the difference. Look at the headline. Musk discounts Tesla prices in U.S. and Europe again despite extremely high demand. And then Ground News summarizes the article for me. So first compare the headlines. See the subtle difference? Fortune said despite infinite demand, and Ground News said what was actually said, which is extremely high demand. You can see how many total news sources covered this specific story, how many are leaning left, leaning right, or are considered center. And it's not just the headlines. At Ground News, you can read the entire article to see how topics unfold around the world and across the political spectrum. And that's why it's one of the sponsors we're very proud of. Get informed. Go to ground.news NYK or visit the link in the description to stay fully informed on issues like this. Compare headlines and know where your news is coming from. The summaries from Ground News are so great because I'm so tired of all that crappy news articles that uh, pull you in with some clickbait headline and then you have to scroll through paragraphs of fluff to finally get to that one juicy sentence, which is often misleading itself. So here I get right to the point. OK, Tesla did this. They cut the price of the Model S and Model S Plaid by five thousand dollars or about five percent. The Model X and Model X Plaid got a bigger price cut of ten thousand dollars, which works out to be eight to nine percent. And it makes sense. I mean, demand for Teslas in general is extremely high, but Model S and X are upper end luxury vehicles. And my guess is that because these two models don't qualify for the federal tax credit and the economy is sagging, well, there's nothing like a price cut to help boost sales. So in September last year, it was 2000 a week. Then in December, it was 3000. Now at Giga Berlin, Tesla just reached a production rate of 4000 Model Ys per week. And this is less than a year after Giga Berlin opened. So if we extrapolate that out, that would be a 200,000 car per year run rate. So Giga Berlin is now running three shifts, 24 hours a day. Yeah, Tesla added that third shift last month. 
But remember, Tesla's goal was to hit 5,000 a week by the end of 2022. So they didn't quite make it. Hey, I'd rather strive for a big goal and slightly miss it than set the bar low, which is what a lot of other car companies do, just so you can impress some nitwit auto analyst. Now, back in mid-December, Giga Texas hit 3,000 a week. So hopefully we'll be hearing an update from them soon. Fingers crossed. But all that car building has brought us to a new milestone rather quickly. Tesla's four millionth car. Yeah, Tom Zhu announced it at Investor Day, but here is the team at Giga Texas celebrating. And hey, if you want to share these stories with your friends, but you don't want to share the entire one hour show, go to our Now You Know Clips channel where we chop them into little bite sized clips that are easy to share. And we've got the latest sales numbers from Giga Shanghai. February sales figures from the China Passenger Car Association put Tesla at 74,402 new Model 3 and Model Ys delivered both in China, and that includes exports from China as well. Yeah, a lot of these were probably exported to other markets because February is the second month of the quarter, which is generally Tesla's big export month. So to give these production numbers some perspective, that's a 13% increase over the prior month of January and a 31% increase year over year. If we add up January and February numbers, that equals 140,453, which is 20% higher than last year. So if that holds to be true, we could be looking at around 850,000 Model 3s and Model Ys produced in 2023 versus 710,000 in 2022. And February is a short month. And some of those days, the factory was shut down to revamp the line for Project Highland updates. Yeah, and that was along with the comfort suspension change to the Model Y that Tesla started implementing in the U.S. versions a few months ago. Another piece of news that we learned at Tesla's Investor Day came during the Q&A when Tesla's senior VP of powertrain and energy engineering, Drew Baglino, said that Tesla would be introducing bidirectional charging to all their vehicles in a couple years. So 2025? That's what it sounds like. For some reason, Elon is not that excited about V to G or V to L, which is vehicle to load. He really seems to get standoffish when this topic comes up. Yeah, Elon said this. I don't think very many people are going to use bidirectional charging unless you have a power wall, because if you unplug your car, your house goes dark. And this is extremely inconvenient. And Baglino agreed with Elon, saying most of the value comes in charging the car at the right time. It's not really about sending energy the other way. What I think they're missing is that if, as they themselves pointed out, batteries are the biggest limiting factor to getting the grid to be renewable, then adding millions of mobile batteries, i.e. electric vehicles, could help speed up this transition. So I'm happy to hear that this is coming, and I think it'll be way bigger than Elon or Drew seems to think. I don't know if it's exactly true, though. I mean, I think that they are thinking about fully autonomous cars and fully autonomous cars should not be parked and they should mm. only be parked if they're being charged. They should not be discharging. Mm. That is a waste of time for them. No, I agree with you. I think when we go fully autonomous, you're right. They'll be used 95 percent of the time and they should only stop to charge. But there'll still be millions of EVs on the road that people will own and won't be autonomous. And I think those are still great mobile batteries. It uh, I don't know. I mean, if you really think about it from their perspective, I don't comment down below. What, who do you agree with? So we learned another tidbit of never before shared information during Tesla's investor day. In the last 12 months, a Tesla with FSD beta engaged experienced an airbag deployed crash about every 3.2 million miles, which is about five times safer than the most recently available U.S. average of 0.6 million miles per police reported crash. So this basically shows that for the first time, we're getting data of FSD beta driving, not just autopilot driving. And if we believe this, it shows that it's five times safer than the average U.S. driver. Now, you had a problem with this. OK, I I believe this. But the question is, what does it mean? Um, let's say I'm what driving. Do you, what do you mean? Well, what, let's say I'm driving in full self-driving. Mm -hmm. Um, and it does something kind of wrong. Let's just say it drives me in the complete wrong lane. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that that's likely, but let's say it drives me into the oncoming lane and I step on the brake and then boom, I get into an accident. Okay. When I stepped on the brake, I disengaged full self-driving. Oh, I see. Does that count? Mm. What's the time between full self-driving being disengaged and, and the accident, the accident to where we're going to count it for full self-driving? And the other reason that people might say that that's that's not fair is because, well, yeah, we're not really comparing apples to apples here. It's not a full self-driving system. Sure. You have a human who is basically supposed to be responsible for the car. So when they encounter something that's going to make them uncomfortable, there's a bigger chance that they're going to take over. Well, and for your argument, uh, also FSD beta was given to the best drivers first. So we've got like the cream of the crop drivers versus the average drivers. I mean, imagine if we only let really good drivers drive cars in this country, mm -hmm. 
maybe the accident rate would be a little bit better. I, I agree with you. It's just what makes me mad is that NHTSA has been forcing Tesla to pause the rollout of FSD beta. And my point here is it's NHTSA's job to make the road safer. And this data shows that it is safe. If, if Look, if this data came out the opposite and it showed that it was five times more likely to get into a crash, I would completely understand NHTSA saying, hey, hold on, Tesla, let's stop. It's just not that valuable data right? Because there is no way to make this an apples to apples comparison. I just think it's five times safer. So we're not talking like 10% safer. Five times safer is a lot safer. Yeah, but it's like safer compared to what? Because this is comparing every person at every moment driving their car, whereas FSD beta, okay, I've gotten on the road, I'm feeling chipper and ready to engage full self-driving. Ba-boom. Now I'm scanning the road and being extra careful because I'm extra careful because full self-driving is on. It's not like it's Monday morning and I have to get to work. I don't know. I think as more FSD beta rolls out, we're going to get better and better data. And I'd like to see if the 5X holds true. Hmm. So at last week's investor day, Tesla apparently shipped Model Ys from Germany, a midnight cherry red and a Quicksilver for display. Could this mean that Tesla is planning and offering these colors for the US soon? It does seem like it's time for some new colors, doesn't it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like blue, red, white, black, and midnight silver, but there used to be 10 colors to choose from. I think it would be cool to have some new colors. And it's a great upsell. It's like, hey, do you want to choose, you know, the five colors that we have? Or do you want the fancy sixth color, <laughs> you know, that nobody's going to have and everyone's going to go, ooh, it's only... <laughs> probably four grand more. I mean, I'll get it. That's true. Nice upsell. It's just paint, you know. So here's some more news that we covered from Investor Day, but probably is worth talking more about. According to Tesla's senior director of charging infrastructure, Rebecca Chinucci, Tesla just started installing our fourth generation supercharger posts. Those are being installed in Europe first. While it is not a big thing to mention, they do have longer charging cables so that we can more easily reach the charging port of different vehicles. Now, here's the new design, which was leaked a while back. But my question is, isn't that just a mega charger? Well, it is a very similar design, but the dimensions aren't really the same. The supercharger version is a lot thinner and the mega charger is a lot more chunky. <laughs> yes. So aside from the longer cable, do you think that these version four superchargers will give an even higher charging speeds? Well, Tesla's made it clear before that version three superchargers, that's the kind out now, can go up to 350 kilowatts. However, they're still putting out a max of 250. I don't think it's hard to imagine that perhaps the version four superchargers will be able to charge even faster for Cybertruck or Cybervan. 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 Hey, and if you like what we're doing here, hit the like button. It really helps us out. Well, let's talk about Cybertruck. It okay. was on display at Tesla's Investor Day, and we got some new looks at it. Yeah, like this. The tonneau cover closing. Very smooth operation there compared to Rivian's aluminum tonneau cover, which we have on the R1T. I just love that, like, on the R1T, it's kind of this, like, and this just looks really smooth. The other thing is the bed here on the Cybertruck looks smaller than I remember it. Yeah, comment down below if you, if you agree with me that it looks smaller. I mean, maybe it has something to do with the bed liner. That's true. I mean, I guess it takes up a little bit it's of space. Like, oh, it's small. It looks smaller to me. We also got to take a look at the rear wheel steering. Yeah. I mean, getting into parking spaces, as I've now learned with the Ford F-150, is a little tricky. But having rear wheel steering would be so nice. I always wondered why trucks just couldn't park well. And now I'm like, oh, I am that guy. <laughs> and it also appears that when the frunk opens, the entire front end uh, will open. Yeah, that's much like the Ford Lightning trunk, where you mm -hmm. get the whole grill that comes up with you. Also, check out the custom Cybertruck door sills. Are those like welded by hand? <laughs> is there like a robot whose only job is to write Cybertruck? Mm, it's a living. And we get a look inside at the new steering wheel. And uh, no driver binnacle here like we've seen previously. Now there's just that center display. It could be a cost savings thing. I mean, yeah. I haven't missed having a binnacle at all. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think they need it and it probably would save them a bit of money. Although they added a rear screen uh, in between the front seats. I wonder if that'll be an option or if that's going to come standard. And the rear seats fold up to provide cargo space. And here are the hardware four cameras. And while we're drooling over Cybertruck, the universe now contains Tesla Semi and Tesla Cybertruck. I mean, this is the first time in, in the history of the Earth. So let's put them together in the same space. So Tesla was filming with that drone. So hopefully we'll get to see that shot. Yeah, although hopefully someday soon, we'll be able to get a similar shot when we have our semi-truck 
and our Cybertruck together. That will be the day. That'll be awesome. But look, if you want to talk about this and more, head on over to our sponsors, Cybertruck Owners Club. That's where you're going to find all the news and community discussions about Cybertruck and that configurator so you can find where your place is in line. So Consumer Reports just published their most unreliable electric vehicles list, and it seems that Tesla's Model X and S have made it onto their top 10. So being at the top of the list is bad, right? Correct. So here's the list. So the Model S scored a 62 and the Model X scored a 52, making them less reliable than the average new car, according to Consumer Reports. Now, we should note that the BMW i7, the Fisker Ocean, the Hyundai Ionic 6, and the Lucid Air were not included on Consumer Reports list because they don't have enough data on them yet. This seems a little hard to believe since we have a Rivian, for example, and it's been arguably way less reliable than Sparky or any of our Model 3s? Well, Consumer Reports said that the Model S and the Model X owners have noted issues with in-car electronics, transmission, and power equipment. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, Consumer Reports also said that the Model S, for instance, has had 10 recalls over the years. But then they failed to mention that most of those were simple over-the-air software updates. And JD Power just released their annual US EV experience ownership study, and Rivian R1T has dethroned Tesla Model 3 for the premium EV category. So in the mass market EV category, the Mini Cooper came in number one. And look, I don't put too much stock in JD Power data. To me, it's very skewed to how you feel just after you bought your car, because that's when they ask this weirdly worded 10 page questionnaire that you get. And it's usually after you just took delivery of your car before you really get to know your new car. And of course, people who bought a Mini Cooper are going to be more excited about it. Exactly. I mean, man, there are tons of these reporting companies and each of them has so many categories that traditional automakers and dealers love because they can usually win at some of those categories or another. Best foreign mid-price subcompact vehicle with two doors. Look at us. We won an award. So, I mean, Tesla just dethroned Ford on S&P Global Mobility's 27th annual automotive loyalty awards list. This is actual data where S&P analyzed 11.7 million new retail vehicle registrations in the U.S. during 2022. And loyalty is determined when a household that owns a new vehicle then acquires another new vehicle of the same make, model, or manufacturer. For 2022, Tesla won in seven different categories, including overall loyalty to make, ethnic loyalty to make, most improved make loyalty, highest conquest percentage, and alternative powertrain loyalty to make, and the Model Y and Model 3 won the luxury small utility and luxury small car awards, respectively. So how did Ford get dethroned? Well, Ford had held the overall loyalty to make category for 12 years in a row until now. And so to me, that's important data because that's real data. Is it loyalty, though, or is it just jealousy? Like I've met so many people and they get the car, you know, they get a Model 3 or a Model Y. And then they're like, oh, you know, my significant other really wants it. <laughs> I'm going to have to get them something eventually. Oh, I see. Because, uh, yeah, I get it's you. not really loyalty. So it's, you, not, it's not like we I mean, it is it is loyalty, but it's mostly. So you jealousy. want a, You want a new category. It's called significant other jealousy category. I think that that's what it is. I'm not. Look, I'm not blaming anybody. I'd be jealous, too. And you know, what's a lot of fun is winning stuff. And uh, we have a winner of our Electron V-Box EV charger. And remember, we reviewed that over on Now It's Review channel and patrons you get a chance to win these things. Yeah, so the winner is Julianne, our patron. And I'm so excited that we get to ship this to them. It'll get used. And uh, again, if you're a patron, head on over to the Now Let's Review channel, watch some of those reviews. And if you're not a patron, it's easy to join. It's a buck a month and uh, it's a great perk, isn't it? Yeah, it's a $400 charger. <laughs> so you know, if you watch the show, that Jesse and I believe there are better ways to get around than the way that we've been doing it for 100 years. And that's why we have our Now Let's Review YouTube channel. This is where we cover everything from e-bikes and e-scooters to e-motorcycles and e-longboards. And more. And this week, we reviewed the Multi-Joy Spaniel e-bike. It's got a nice big frame. It's got big fat tires. And it's a good choice for tall riders. And it has 43 miles of range. That's not what they claim. That's what we tested. Yeah. It has actually 43 miles of actual range. And that's the thing. Until you really take an e-bike for a spin, you may not realize how e-bikes can change your entire bike experience. Whether you're a bike aficionado and you're going for style and lightweight performance or you're a complete bike noob, I'm pretty sure that there's an e-bike for you. And that's where we come in. Because let me tell you, it ain't easy to test all these e-bike models out there. Most bike shops still don't seem to carry more than one or two models. Most of them cost over $3,000 for some reason. So subscribe to Now Let's Review channel and let us help you find your next ride. Because we have ridden dozens of e-bikes 
and we know what to look for now. So Toyota has apparently just torn down a Tesla Model Y, and here's what they had to say. Taking the skin off the Model Y, it was truly a true work of art, said a Toyota executive who scrutinized the Tesla part by part. It's unbelievable. So here's my question. Was this the first time a Toyota executive even looked at a Tesla? I mean, the Model Y came out in what, 2020? So what took them three years to tear it down? I know. I mean, Elon very kindly responded on Twitter. He said, kind words from Toyota. But it's like... Um, but it shows their cluelessness, in my opinion. Unless they had some, like, three-year embargo on, like, we're not going to say anything for three years. Hey, I know that we already looked at it back in 2020. They didn't. They didn't. They, they didn't. didn't. That's the scary part. This shows you how far behind. Like, when we tell you that car companies are, are behind in the race, if they haven't even looked at what their competition is doing for three years, that means that they were completely clueless. They were like, we don't need to bother with that small right. company like, Tesla. Oh, it's the best-selling car in a lots of different places. They're oh, like, gee, oh, look how should, they made it. We should really get one of those. And then, like, oh, do you want to check out mine? Well, what do you mean, check out yours? Well, I have one in the parking lot. Yeah. What? It's been in the parking lot for three years and we didn't even think to lock it. Oh, man. Zach and I are planning to attend Micro Mobility Europe 2023. Yeah, I mean, I am super excited about it this summer. Um, so it's going to be in Amsterdam on June 8th and 9th. And this is where you can ride on small electric vehicles. You can learn how to create more livable urban areas. You can build a sustainable world with e-mobility. Yeah, I am so excited to go to this conference. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see some of our viewers here. And we were able to get you an exclusive discount code to save 20% off ticket prices right now. Um, I would not wait. Uh, I've heard that it is filling up. Yeah, and the prices are going up. So the sooner you book, the cheaper it is. These are early bird prices. So uh, head on over there. The link is down below. And um, I think they're going to have a day where it's just cheaper prices um, if you just want to kind of do less things. Mm -hmm. So like if you're like, mm, that's too expensive for me, you can still join us for way cheaper. And I would love to hang out with you guys. I would love to ride all over Amsterdam with some of you. So um, come join us. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So Volkswagen has just unveiled the refreshed ID3. So, is, so this, is the, this is the refresh? I don't, I don't remember. Can I see the original? Okay, here's the original. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's an itty bitty refresh. What's the big deal? Well, VW claims that they fixed a lot of problems that the ID3 had, such as faulty high voltage batteries, software, and apparently many, many more. Okay. Good good for them. But, but this, this will, will come, come at, at a cost. cost. Like what? Like a higher price. Oh, <laughs> you made it sound like a brother's grim fairy tale. Like higher cost. Okay. Uh, so do we have pricing? No, but according to Electrive, the ID3 will be seeing some noticeable price increases. So hopefully our European viewers will let us know when they start spotting these and their prices. But you do get a heads up display now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Worth the price. You know, I heard that a lot of people wouldn't buy the Model 3 if it didn't come with a heads up display. Do I you know. Remember that? That was, uh, the so these people <laughs> must have been waiting and moving to Europe just to get this. Yep. That's what it That's is. That's how important heads up displays are. How could anyone live without one? I don't know. So SpaceX has just applied for permission with the FCC to operate new user terminals, one of which measures 29 millimeters by 25 millimeters, similar in dimensions to an Apple MacBook. So why is Starlink doing this? I mean, what's wrong with the current bunch of terminals that they already make? Well, this could aid in portability and possibly trade some lower bandwidth for lower cost and increase portability. Do people really want less bandwidth? Well, even the V1 Dishy McFlatface could deliver speeds of over 300 megabits per second, which is honestly more than enough for most people. And with the dishes costing over $500 before a plan, it's a pretty big investment for a lot of people. Plus, with increased traffic, speeds have been dropping anyway. Perhaps Starlink realized it wouldn't hurt to make a cheaper dish. So what do you think? Please leave your comments down below. Yeah, I think smaller is better in this case. Maybe it's a MacBook warmer. Put your MacBook on top of it, warms it up, and then you can access the Internet. Okay. Tengku Safrul, Malaysia's Minister of International Trade and Industry, announced that Tesla has been approved to import their cars to Malaysia. In a press release, they said, we are pleased by Tesla's decision to establish its presence in the electric vehicle ecosystem in Malaysia. So why is Tesla moving to Malaysia? Well, it's actually a pretty big country. Uh, has over 32 million people. So I think somewhere between the size of Texas and California. Hmm. Um, and they actually have their own pretty strong domestic car industry, which counts for over 50% of their nearly 750,000 car sales per year. Um, that's from 2022. Also interesting to note, their GDP per capita is actually higher than that of China and Thailand. Hmm. 
And speaking of Thailand, Malaysia connects Thailand and Singapore together. So this could mean that people in Singapore can drive their Teslas more than 60 kilometers because <laughs> for some reason, Singapore has like six superchargers on it and it's literally no wider than 60 kilometers. Across. It's just like a city. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, this definitely points to a Southeast Asian expansion for Tesla. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's just my wish to have a completely connected Eurasian supercharger network, but I don't think that you open uh, Thailand and Malaysia at this speed without going for some other countries. Um, Again, if for no other reason than just to give Singapore Tesla owners somewhere to drive. Yeah, this is great news. So Rivian has recalled nearly 13,000 vehicles over a faulty seatbelt module, which could prevent the passenger airbag from going off. I mean, so what? Recalls happen all the time. Well, it affects our Rivian. Oh, you mean we have to go drive to Chelsea again? The worst placed service center in the state. Hey, at least it's in our state. There's only 27 in North America. We're just lucky they were able to fit it next to the Gulf Oil shipping terminal. There's a lot of people who will have to travel much further. So Rivian says that the affected seatbelt system sensors are dimensionally out of tolerance in these vehicles, uh, which may prevent the automatic locking retractor or ALR from working as it's supposed to, resulting in a possible error for the front passenger seat which may incorrectly display as on when it's actually off. Um, and that's going to prevent the airbag from going off. Now, my question is, why can't this be diagnosed with software? I mean, wouldn't it behoove Rivian to write a little script to check? I mean, they have seat sensors, right? Okay. So if somebody is sitting in the, in the passenger seat and like the car is driving, um, either the person hasn't buckled in their seatbelt or they have and the seatbelt buckle thing isn't. No, I get what you're saying, but I'm guessing that this is NHTSA being extra careful. And I'm also guessing that it's probably intermittent. And so they probably are going to check some serial number when you bring it in. And then, you know, yeah, but it, it only it literally, according to them, should have only affected like 120 cars. Right. Like if they could have just figured that out, then they could have sent out mobile service. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because I mean, now we have to go waste three hours of our week on something that has a one percent chance of killing one of us. Right. But we got to do it because obviously that's something <sighs> it's worthy of doing. I, I know. know. I know. No, waste I, of my time. I know. And so, you know, Rivian sent us an email and they're like, come on down whenever we're open. You can. And so it's like, great. I have to either go on Saturday when everyone's going to go. Right. Or we have to go sometime during the week. They're going to have a tent set up. I guess it's going to be freezing cold. Right. Apparently it only takes 10 minutes to check, but 45 minutes if they have to do the work. But just in case you're like, I can dress you guys for just super negative about Rivian. Well, check out what we were able to do with our Rivian today. So uh, what do you think? I don't know. Just you have to move this out of the way of your car. Yep. That weighs a lot. That's a lot. Look how deep that is. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. Well, how about that? I mean, you did it. Look, your car is completely open in front. I know. A little bit of shoveling. And this was all ice. I know. I mean, we really should have done it during the storm. Definitely. It's pretty incredible. I pull up to a big pile of snow that I just made and I'm like, oh crap, I just made a pile of snow that I'm not going to be able to move. And then you just move it. And you don't have to like go down the driveway 200 feet and get a running start. You just you hit just the accelerator. Keep, keep pushing. And if it, it just, doesn't, if it doesn't move, you just give it some more. And, and then you just go and it just goes. It's so awesome. It's amazing. I mean, I wish I could be driving forward, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It's still, we still were able to plow the driveway. All right. It's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And I, uh, once again, have to tell you that I love my Hanson razor. If you're in the market for a razor, even if you're not like, you know, you went this week, you went to the store, you bought all those disposable cartridges. They cost you, you know, $18. Mm -hmm. uh, add that up. That. More than Right. That. But I mean, like add that up. I know you think you're saving money, but you're not. Um, this is so cheap. Once you buy the shaver, it lasts your whole life. And the razors themselves are extremely cheap. And in fact, you can get a hundred razors for free if you use our code. Now, you know, at checkout. So did you ever see the movie Repo Man with Emilio Estevez? Do you even know what repoing a car is? It's 4 a.m. Do you know where your car is? The more you drive, the less intelligent you are. I know what repoing is, but I don't remember the movie. Was, okay, is so it good? 
Um, I rewatched it and um, I mean, I, I remember in the 80s, it seemed to happen a lot that people were repoing cars. I don't know if it's because the movie put it into the popular culture. Um, no, I rewatched it. It doesn't really hold up in my opinion. But uh, the bank basically repossesses or steals back your car if you fail to make your monthly payments. OK, but now we're we're this is into the future and you just brought up an 80s movie. So what does this have to this is this is the past. Back to the future. Right. Well, we just learned that Ford filed for a patent in 2021 for having their vehicles autonomously drive themselves back to Ford if owners failed to make their payments. According to the patent application, semi-autonomous vehicles could drive themselves to a place where it would be easy to tow them and fully autonomous ones could drive all the way back to the repo lot. There are also descriptions of built-in mechanisms for warning the driver before the car drives away. It's basically a bunch of texts like, hey, you should have made this month's payment. Do you want to keep your ride? Right. So here's Ford, the... <laughs> hey, if you don't respond, we're the car will drive away. Here's don't the... put anything in front of your car or anything. Because we're going to take it back tonight. No, here's the thing. Ford is busy doing all kinds of tech to do with getting their money back, mm. whereas Tesla is focused on actually, actually advancing technology into the future. I just think it's a funny way of, I mean, this is corporate America versus Tesla. How can, you know how 1% uh, of the uh, cars that people, you know, steal from us because they don't make their payments, you know how, how can we fix that using uh, the technology that you're working on? Can we patent that? All right, it's time for Going Green. So this week, I guess we should rename the segment to not going green. Yeah. So let's turn to Mississippi. Last in the nation in so many things like 50th in healthcare, 49th in economy, 48th in infrastructure. And when it comes to EVs. With no state incentives, by the way. In fact, there is a $150 EV tax. Well, Mississippi wants to make sure that it stays in last place when it comes to EVs, I guess, because they have introduced HB 401. And yes, that's a screenshot from, I think, the worst state website I've seen, and I've seen all of them. So this was introduced by Republican Representative John Thomas Trey Lamar III, chair of the House Ways and Means Committee in Mississippi, so a very powerful politician. This bill, which just got passed by the Mississippi Senate last week, will stop EV manufacturers from opening any physical locations in Mississippi. Even state Senator Republican Joey Fillengane said, maybe we just like being last all the time. Maybe it's a badge of honor. We're the last ones to change. If we're not careful, we could deprive our citizens of opportunities they really ought not to be deprived of. And you know what? I think they should pass this law because I think they should show the world just how stupid it is to do this. There's the face of it. If you live in Mississippi, please contact your representative. Tell them that you're not in favor of being last in the nation on this as well. All right, time for Sunspots. And another thing that we learned from Tesla Investor Day is this. And by the way, if you don't want to watch the whole four hour long event, which you should, but we get it, you have many other things to do. We boiled it down to 30 minutes or so on last week's In Depth so you can find out what happened here. Okay, but back to the thing. Right. Tesla is launching an unlimited overnight charging plan in Texas for $30 a month starting in July. As Drew Baglino said at Investor Day, by this summer, we're going to offer retail electricity plans to people who have our cars where they can have unlimited overnight home charging for $30 per month. This is part of reducing the total cost of ownership of our vehicles. And the reason why we can do this is because Texas has a ton of wind. And in Texas, the wind blows at night. And how can Tesla do this? Well, Texas leads the nation in cowboys. Sure, but I was going to say in wind energy, 26% of U.S. wind energy was made in Texas. Okay, but what does that have to do with charging Teslas at night? And why is this story on sunspots? Well, because at night the sun may not shine, but the wind still blows. And that means that when everyone is tucked in bed all snug and the lights and computers and the TVs are off and there's lots of extra energy being made that nobody needs. Oh, I get it. All that surplus energy can be stored in EVs. Right. The energy is super cheap because it's excess for the grid. And so Tesla can buy it cheap and pass it on to Tesla owners to charge up their EVs. Texan Tesla owners would be helping the grid and saving lots of money. 30 bucks a month. So do you know what the average ice car driver in Texas is paying for gas every month? Um, I don't know, but I think you're going to tell me. $153 a month. So by using Tesla's new unlimited overnight charging plan, Texans could save $120 a month or about $1,500 a year. That's a savings of 80%. So, I mean, imagine if you walked into a store right now and you could buy something that you need for 80% off. Well, 
now you can in Texas. Yahoo! But don't let EVs into your state or anything. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, Mississippi, you're doing the right thing. You wouldn't want your citizens to be able to save 80% no. off their energy costs, well, would do you? you? Can you see why Mississippi doesn't want this to happen? If you're a heavily fossil fuel state, this is a threat to you. And look, if you want to become a small energy provider yourself and you don't know all the answers and things are changing fast, tax laws, prices, talk to the team at EnergyPal. They are the solar and battery experts. They can help you go solar for less. They do it all for free. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. Link is down below. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. And when you see this week's story, you're going to be like, that's a tough act to follow. Check this out. Hello, Zach and Jesse. I've been willing to send you this video for quite some time now, and I'm really happy that I can finally make it. So I'm sitting next to uh, one of a kind of vehicle. It's a 100% electric, uh, Canadian-made ATV, uh, designed from the ground up to be smart, efficient, and powerful. This ATV is designed to work hard, uh, so it's robust, it's powerful, uh, of course, we've got the electric powertrain, so you've got all the things that we like with our Teslas and uh, the instant acceleration and torque. And so you can really work, you can tow um, heavy load, uh, we can go up to uh, 1500 pounds uh, of towing. Um, we've got in mind something to work, but to do more than just work. So it's work hard and play hard. So the river, it is named. Uh, is a two-seater with up to 180 kilometer uh, of range and so it's about uh, 110 miles. Um, we've got two trucks basically of, of battery and we've got a 10 and 20 kilowatt hour of, uh, of battery pack uh, which allows us uh, to such a great range. Uh, but since we've got plenty of power on board, uh, we will put on, on the market uh, accessories for this vehicle. Uh, those accessories would be like uh, a snowblower, a power trailer, or a 240 volt inverter. And of course, this accessory will be powered by the vehicle itself, so by the reverse. The vehicle you are seeing right now in the bureau and the one that I'm sitting on um, is uh, our third design of prototype. Uh, it's really close to the production version. Uh, as a matter of fact, we are designing the production line right now. Uh, the shape will be mostly the same. Uh, but with with um, little detail that make it pop. People in Canada and in the United States can pre-order their river today. Uh, for people in Europe, it would be a little bit longer to, since we need to make sure that uh, every standard is uh, reached. For the delivery, it will start in Canada this year. As we as I said uh, earlier, we uh, are designing the production line right now. Um, as for you, Zach and Jesse, uh, you know how to reach me if you have any more questions and want to talk about the project. It would be my pleasure to talk about it a little bit more. So thank you and take care. So I want to ask you guys, comment down below if you'd like us to reach out to Bastien and you know have him on the show. I think I'd like to learn more. Uh, definitely. In fact, I'd uh, like to write on one. Uh, definitely. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, what an amazing uh, group of people we've got. I know here on the show uh, who watch. Yeah, that's so cool. Super exciting. Thank you so much for reaching out to us and sending that awesome video contributor story. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And on Patreon this week, we've got stories about Magic Doc, the Kia EV9, VinFast and a new video from Tesla, along with uh, Investor Club bonus stories about Rivian and Tesla and much more. So head on over to patreon.com slash support us for just a buck a month. You get all the Patreon bonus stories. And if you want to support us for a little more, you can join us for Investor Club bonus stories. We're back from Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are the people that are very important. They go on the end of the show. They get their names in the credits. Who do we got? We've got John Harper, Kajetiel Magnus Liebeck, Sam Morrow, Jonathan Blaustein, and Packy Campbell. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right. So now to our Patreon poll where we ask something about Tom Zoo. Yeah. Uh, do you think that Tom Zoo will make uh, the next CEO of uh, Tesla? And what do people say? Let's see. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And we put them back in the show this week. We're going to try and get through them because I think it's important to keep the whole thing in the family here. So Scott Adams says Dilbert has been canceled from all newspapers, websites, calendars and books because I gave some advice everyone agreed with. 
my syndication partner canceled me. And Elon said, I don't agree with everything Scott says, but Dilbert is legit funny and insightful. We should stop canceling comedy. Then Elon retweeted SpaceX's tweets about the Falcon 9 launch of 21 Starlink V2 mini satellites into orbit. Pretty cool to see them being launched into orbit. An everyday astronaut reminded us the majority of rockets throughout history would do anything for this kind of track record for launching successfully. A hundred in a row. That's rare. Now consider that SpaceX just hit a hundred successful landings in a row. That's on a whole different level of impressive. Yeah. In a row. In a, a hundred in a row. And it's actually 101 now, I think, or 102. Uh, more than, yeah. They're just it's keep, so fast. Keeps adding up. And Elon said, propulsive landing for the win. And Tom Mueller, one of SpaceX's early designers of space rockets, says, um, wow, they've come a long way since my original spreadsheet. And Elon said, the transition of argon was tricky, but necessary as Krypton is too rare. And so they're talking about, uh, you know, argon engines. That Up go. in space. So for the satellites themselves. Yeah. Holmar's catalog said projections of future installed capacity for major sources of electric generation. So check out this chart from IEA. And we know how IEA is normally very conservative, but look at how off the charts these exponential graphs are showing wind and solar is going to be. And Elon said Earth is almost entirely solar powered already. Without the sun, we'd just be a dark ice ball with some with some chemotropic bacteria. Aaron Mate said, New York Times notes that after the chair of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, argued that Ukraine was unlikely to make substantially greater battlefield gains and should move to the bargaining table, the White House quickly squelched such talk. No peace talk in this White House. Elon responded, he said, the diplomats want war and the warriors want peace. History and Pictures says, real question, Elon, why is it that we have about 5,500 active satellites in space, but anytime we see footage of orbit, we never see any of them floating by? And Elon said, if rendered to scale in that picture, the satellites would be smaller than a pixel, except maybe the space station space is big real big and yeah that picture is extraordinarily misleading yes. do not think that that's what it looks like that would be like every satellite was the size of kentucky this treat from yuki kyan saying that china's crewed lunar missions are underway and everything is in plan two chinese astronauts will land on the moon in 2029 elon said high time humanity built a permanent occupied base on the moon Dividend Hero said Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway received $704 million in dividends from Coca-Cola last year. Elon says Berkshire Hathaway high on Coke. KK Bagel said Elon, you are doing your duty to save humans and alert warmongers well. Appreciate it. Elon replied, he said neither side has air superiority and tanks are easily destroyed by missiles. So that leaves infantry and artillery, basically World War One. Drones are not yet available in sufficient numbers to matter, much like aircraft in World War One. And Noah Smith said the U.S. can't build housing or transit or solar power or transmission lines or semiconductor fabs. We are the build nothing country and this needs to change and it needs to change fast. Elon says we have made large construction projects almost illegal. John Lund says people who mock the decline of universities in the U.S. have no idea how bad it really is. I'm on the inside and I can tell you the next 20 years will be more wild than you can possibly imagine. The Academy is currently peeling away from reality and will be fully detached soon. Elon said you are right. Alex says worth rewatching this March 2014 Senate hearing with Elon Musk, where ULA attempted to rationalize why their costs were four times higher than SpaceX's while intimating that Falcon 9 rocket wasn't reliable enough for national security launches. Elon said, wow, nine years ago, amazingly, the U.S. was dependent on Russian rocket engines for national security missions back then. And remember last week when Elon says, why can't witchcraft defeat inflation? Thomas Massey says because witchcraft caused inflation, Federal Reserve created $5 trillion from thin air, U.S. Treasury borrowed virtual money from the Federal Reserve, and Congress gave out the borrowed money that wasn't borrowed from anyone with existing money. And Elon gave him the prize number one. Elon then tweeted some things like photo filters are so misleading and what do you call an infinite gear ratio? All torque, no action. Mark Andreessen, the venture capitalist, talked about how he's given up drinking alcohol for the past six months. And Elon says, once you acknowledge that alcohol is poison, it's fine to drink a little. The trade is a small amount of health for an even smaller amount of fun. But that's not crazy to do once in a while with friends. Alcohol is a legacy drug. Then this tweet from Shibatoshi saying anyone trying to cancel Jon Stewart can go f themselves. Elon said his best work, in my opinion. And this was about uh, Jon Stewart going on the late show talking about the Wuhan thing. And this was back last fall. When basically it sounds like a lot of people canceled him for talking about something that turns out to be true, to be true. Interesting. This tweet, which is hard to uh, parse, parse. Yeah. So uh, Guglielm says, in my opinion, Elon, most likely to use Twitter for data and reinforce learning from human feedback and Tesla Dojo supercomputer for training inference of large language models at based AI. It's all coming together. So based AI is that. People seem to think that Elon might be starting a new AI company that's based. Now, based means basically you don't care what other people think. You, you this is this is a uh, this is brand new. You know, based. It's calling something based. It's not brand new. It's been out for a couple of years. Um, but it's you know 
it's what the kids are saying. Right. So instead of OpenAI, the idea is that maybe Elon would be starting a new company called Based AI. We don't know if this is true. He replied, obviously, but who knows? Who knows? David Sachs says, breaking NBC News, MSNBC concedes that Zelensky's goal of retaking Crimea is unrealistic and dangerous. Elon says, accurate. Elon then tweeted out that twice as many people died in Japan last year as were born. Population freefall. Rest of the world is trending to follow. And of course, we get the liftoff of the Crew 6, which was exciting last week. Tesla Economics tweeted out this video of a Model Y police car and said, please arrest me, officer. Elon says Cybertruck cruisers will be next level designed for Blade Runner. Can't wait to see That's police Cybertrucks. Cool. Saronovich says community notes on advertisements leading to increased financial literacy. Twitter is the most honest platform in human history. So what he's talking about is this ad here from Quicken where the ad says that you can borrow money from yourself. And uh, basically community notes came on and corrected and said, no, you're borrowing from a bank. And uh, Elon said that is the goal. So basically they're correcting their own ads, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Not what these companies probably really want, where they're like, we're trying to trick you. Hey, well, borrow from yourself. And borrow think, from yourself there, buddy. Of I, course, you're using your house as collateral for a loan that we're giving you. But hey, you're borrowing from yourself. You really think about it hard. Yeah, I think this is why ads are down 70% on Twitter. Ooh. Elon tweeted out, I used to be in crypto, but now I got interested in AI. Hmm. And more pics from Dragon and the Crew 6 approaching the space station this morning. Great screensavers, by the way. And... Elon reminded us that they've had 169 metric tons to orbit this year so far. Elon is obviously worried about the singularity because that was that's what this uh, little meme is all about. Massimo tweeted out, a bacterial flagellum is driven by a rotary engine made up of protein and is powered by the flow of protons across the bacterial cell membrane. It rotates at about 1,000 RPM, but the rotor alone can rotate up to 17,000 RPM. And Elon said 17,000 RPM rotor. Wow. So he's... He's interested. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get those bacteria to work. I mean, that's amazing. It is amazing. Well, I mean, I wish I like instead of learning like oh, the, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. If you show me that I know. as a kid, I would have been like, well, I don't know if they knew about that when we were kids. Probably not. Elon said people who throw the disinformation word around constantly are almost certainly guilty of engaging in it. Ashley Vance says made it to the legendary Norton sales where no less than Elon and Peter Beck used to do some rocket part shopping in L.A. I got to go to this store. Check this out. I mean, it's just a store full of used rocket parts. A lot to be learned from buying old rocket parts and especially by visiting museums like the Rocket Garden and the Air and Space Museum. Then Doge designer said Elon Musk fighting a sumo wrestler and Elon responded. Yeah. And about eight years of pain from a crushed disc. So oh, that's why guy. people don't fight sumo wrestlers all the time. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. That was, uh, we, we, we fit it in. We did it. We squeezed it in. All right, let's go to community mail time. Community mail time. Remember, share your stories, your photos, and your videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Chris spotted this driverless motional vehicle in Santa Monica, California. Our viewer spotted this Nissan Aria in Memphis, Tennessee. Andrew saw this Jaguar I-Pace parked outside of a Taco Bell in Platte City, Missouri. John found this Rivian R1S in Flagstaff, Arizona. Sam came across this Aqua Superpower Charger in Lagos, Portugal. Nice. That's for charging your boat. Raphael saw this Esso gas station located in Antwerp, Belgium, where they replaced a couple of pumps with EV chargers from a Lego. That's nah, starting to happen. <laughs> Daniel found this electric Royal mail van around North London. JD sent us this picture of a police Model Y in Cambridge, Maryland. Mosby found this Buzz Lightyear wrapped Model X. And Rafi sent us this video of this Wuling Air EV in Jakarta, Indonesia. Nice. Thank you, guys. This is great. I love seeing what's going on around the world. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods. Hey, what's up, Dak and Jesse? Boff again. We are here at the Quartzsite Supercharger in Arizona. There's tons of stuff around here locally, but most notably, there's this Carl's Jr. that's like within walking distance. That's awesome. You got your restrooms, you got your food. Perfect. I also love this Supercharger because there's 32 stalls and there are multiple places where you can fit in with a trailer um, outside of just the one spot in case that's taken, which it is here without blocking other cars from charging. Lots of options here. This is perfect for both Teslas that are and aren't towing. So for that reason, I'm gonna give this supercharger a 10 out of 10 for both Teslas hauling and not hauling. This is Justin in Bridgewater, New Jersey, and I'm at the new eight stall Tesla supercharger station. Bridgewater is notorious for incredibly long permitting process. So we might see this one activated next year. I had my solar installed on my house with my Tesla power walls eight months ago, and I still have not had my just initial permit, let alone be able to go and get it hooked up by the utility. It's at a Wawa 
gas station right here. And so you have 24 hour bathroom and food options. Right next door, there's tacos, bagels. Overall, I would rate this location a five out of 10. It's more of a 20 minute charge up and then get back on your, your travels type of locations. Welcome to the Margaret River Supercharger. This one's been a long time coming and people of Perth here in Western Australia are gonna be pretty pumped about it. It's a three stall, 250 kilowatt uh, V3 supercharger, I guess. One of the unique things that I haven't seen before is the uh, three wall connectors. One, two, three. So that's really cool because it gives you the option to do like a short stay or a long stay. Maybe this is something Tesla are gonna do more of in the future. We've got a shopping center here, so groceries, fast food, everything that you want. Uh, and also we're in the middle of the town as well. So people who are traveling, they're gonna love this. It's a short walk to the pub and the main street. Uh, so everyone get down here. Today we are in Florida on vacation and we are at the Venice Supercharger in Venice, Florida. And uh, we love this supercharger. There's a Brew Burgers right behind us. And then the real reason why we're doing this video is because we had to show you two cars that are sitting here at the supercharger. The first one is a really cool Model 3 that is wrapped in like green with the yellow wheels. It's really awesome looking, I actually love it. But the real reason we had to do this video is because of the car next to it, which we're gonna show you. That is a Model 3 with a horns bolted to the hood there. <laughs> anyway, we would rate this supercharger 10 because of the Brew Burgers, which was awesome, and because of the Holiday Inn Express, and because of the character of the people here. So now you know. So remember that we have a website, and on the website there's a map. A map, on, a map. And on the map is uh, where everyone who's ever done a supercharger review uh, has uploaded it. You can upload your own supercharger reviews. Only takes a second. Takes just a second. Um, we'd really appreciate it, and you might get on the show. Yeah. All right. So what do we got for new superchargers in the world? We got the six doll in Yuzhu at Sun Valley Hotel in South Korea. We got number fourteen in Israel. It's the eight stall in Kirat Atta, Israel. We got number 119 in South Korea is the six stall in East Sea, South Korea. We got the 12 stall in Needles at East Broadway Street, California. The 24 stall at Lake Forest at Muralins Boulevard, California. The three stall in Hangzhou at the Bingjiang Sheraton Hotel in China. The nine stall in Shanghai at Starlight West Bund Center, China. We got the three stall in Beijing at the China Merchants Building. We got the eight stall in Atami, Konyo Zone B, Japan. We got the six stall in St. Jerome, Quebec, Canada. The three stall in Chengdu at Tainlan Langli, Art Life Street, China. We got number 10 in South Dakota. It's the eight stall in Sisseton, South Dakota. Number 341 in California is the 12 stall at Fairfield, 3001 Travis Boulevard, California. We got the eight stall in Scarborough, Ontario. Number 182 in Canada is the 16 stall in Toronto at Don Mills Road, Ontario. We got number 29 in Mexico, the four stall in Merida, Mexico. The three stall in Kuzu at Kaihua Jinbaihui Plaza, China. We got a number 111 in Texas, the eight stall in Plano at West Spring Creek Parkway in Texas. We got the eight stall in Atsugi, Japan. Number 20 in Belgium is the 16 stall in Zaventum, Belgium. The three stall in Shanghai at Lifang Yushan Life Plaza, China. Number 1592 in China is the three stall in Chengdu at the Zhaiyang Taifu International Hotel in China. Number 59 in Pennsylvania, number 1,679 in the USA is the eight stall in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And number 63 in Japan, number 4795 in the world is the six stall in Oimatsuda, Japan. Wow, a lot in Japan this week. Yeah. Really exciting. And it's exciting to see all the ones in Mexico. I mean, 29 in Mexico. I mean, now that makes sense because they're building a gigafactory there, which let's think about this, people. We're opening up a huge market because if you start building a car in a country, then that country starts to feel really kind of connected to your brand. And I think this is going to be huge. And maybe we can start spreading down into Latin America and South America. Especially if what they talked about at Investor Day is true, that they're building this next generation vehicle, which will have a much lower price point. And what has Elon been talking about this whole time? Uh, demand is nearly infinite. It's just that people can't necessarily afford the cars. Mm -hmm. It's not that people don't want the cars. It's that they can't pay for them. Um, once you allow them to pay for them because it's cheap enough, then you get to sell the cars basically everywhere. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Thank you so much for the people that are scrolling by here in the end credits. These are the people on our Patreon that make the show possible. If you've been watching the show for a while and you're like, what are they talking about with that Patreon thing? It's real easy. You head over to the link down below at patreon.com slash now you know. You support us for as little as a buck a month and you get to open up a whole bunch of perks that they get to see every week, like our Patreon bonus stories and a whole bunch of other cool perks like mugs and t-shirts and uh, hang out with us sometimes and the investor club things that bring you a lot of value and really help us on the show because i gotta be honest if it weren't for our patreons there would be no show we wouldn't be doing the sixth year of our show and you know we really wanted to give our patrons some value so that's why the one dollar a month level is not like a Thanks from Zach and Jesse. It's it's not just a whatever. We literally every week are are putting out a sometimes 40 minute long bonus show for you if you want to check that out. And so I really urge you to check it out if you enjoy this show. Um, we get to kind of let our hair down a little bit and talk a little bit more freely because we know that we're talking to honestly friends of the channel. Right. Um, I enjoy it. I can't wait to go record it because it's going to be really fun. Yeah. Oh, and since you watched to the end of the show, little bonus here. Jesse and I will be in Austin, Texas this weekend, um, or like the beginning of the weekend, um, like Friday. Um, I don't know that we'll have much time to hang out with people, but... Um, do not have any time to hang but, out. But, you know, but yeah, you can be looking forward to some content that we'll be making while we're there. And, uh, you know, maybe while you're there at South by Southwest, we can wave or something. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you guys. Have a great week. Now you know. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.